Good morning. Good morning. This is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of the show is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them the, where they can get the information necessary for their fight. The final purpose of this show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box, at the state and local levels. So let us unite and make those changes and vote for those who are going to be family friendly. Good morning. This is Vince Davis, and I'm going to, we're running a little bit late this morning. I'm going to run in and take our first um, call. It's from area code 909, ending at 81. Good yes, morning. Hi. This is Attorney. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? I have a story to t- to tell. Go ahead. Hello, uh, my name is Deirdre Tinsley. Um, I was calling. Uh, let me first of all um, say thank you, Mr. Davis, for inviting me to your show. And uh, what I wanted to address was about how I've been going through my CPS case for the last seven years um, with this department. I uh, started off, uh, well, it, it started off from the beginning. Uh, I got caught up in a, um, what they call a, a sweep. And this is where the first time that Barstow Police, police and the uh, probation department had came in a partnership to do a sweep. The police had came to my house looking for someone who did not live there uh, at an address that was not even in the in that community, period. They asked to search my house. I let them search it. They searched my house for two and a half, almost three hours. Didn't, didn't, they didn't find anything in my house. Um, the police officer then had asked me to, uh, if I can if he can talk to me and had me go sit in the police car, I asked him, was I under arrest? He told me no. So I, something told me not to do it, but I did. I went and sat in the police car. Um, there was a police officer there from a, pro, a probation agent from Los Angeles County. Um, she had talked to the police officer and, and my, my windows were rolled down in my car at the time. Um, they asked if they could search my car. I, I told him yes was no problem. And so um, they were in my car, not even a split second. By this time, it was totally dark outside. Um, They were running around, rounding up my children in the house because my children were not in the house. Um, And so uh, they found a black bag in the back of my car. Passed it to the other police officer. And uh, as the police officer is coming to the car, he's telling me that I better claim the package or else he was going to take my children, which I claimed it because I didn't want him to take my children, and he still took my children. They would not let me call my mother. CPS was already en route to come and get my children. They rounded up my children and brought them inside the house. And uh, I've been going through a CPS case ever since then. Now, I've done everything that these people have asked me to do as far as classes were concerned, probation, um, I ended at a, you know the allotted time, and they still haven't given me my children. When did this occur? 
This happened in 2014. And where are your children living right now? They're living with a Hispanic uh, person. Well, my daughter, she's currently AWOL. She uh, AWOL from uh, from the uh, placement that they had her in. They had her in a couple of placements, and she kept running away. But my other three are living with a Hispanic male, and and the the people had told me that they that they were living with a, a female. Come to find out, he's a guy, and he has a girlfriend. They cannot speak any English, and they've been staying uh, there in Barstow with them. Is your case in San Bernardino County? Yes, sir. And, um, you know, I hear a lot of stories about police officers and or CPS agents using the system as a weapon against people to sometimes punish them or to force them to give information. Um, is that what has happened to you? Yes, sir. That's exactly what happened to me. When the police officer came to the car with the bag, he was like, you better claim it or somebody take the kids. I said, well, what is it? It's mine. I don't want you taking my children. And uh, he said, you know what the F it is. It's 27 ounces of proven uh, cocaine, and you just claimed it. And I asked him, I said, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you know what it is when you said that you allegedly said that you found it in my car? You know, and it's in a black bag. You didn't, you didn't test it or, or how do you even know what's in the bag? And he, he was like, uh, 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 and slammed the police car door on me. And that's when I knew right then that I had just became a victim of something. I didn't know what, it, what, what was going on until we got down to the, uh, it wasn't the police department where we were. It was a big gym. And in this gym, there were uh, parole, parole agents, pro, uh, probation department, sheriff's department, the uh, newspaper, and they had the cameras and everything. They had uh, people that they had detained, you know, uh, that were on the probation sweep. I, I wasn't on probation or was I on parole. But I knew that somebody at my house, whether it had been um, – my 18-year-old son, well, he's going to be 18 years old uh, in a few few more days. Somebody was going to jail from that house, you know. And um, and during the time that uh, they had put me in, in well, when, when we were getting out of the sheriff's car to go into this gym, the police officer, he was like, I'm sorry about this. Like, and I didn't understand what he was saying at first until they opened that door. And I seen all those police officers and stuff. It was like, it didn't matter, you know. What was going on, I became a victim of a sweep, and they needed something for this uh, this paper, and I was going to be caught up in, in something. It, it just made it, them look good. The more people that they had, the better they looked. So, Let me ask you this. I, Did you, were you charged with a crime? Pardon me? Were you charged with a crime? Did you have to do any jail time? Yes, sir. And being that, um, you know, I didn't know what was going on with my children, uh, I went ahead and pleaded guilty because, you know, the uh, the public defender told me if I pleaded guilty that I would be able to go home that day. And so I went ahead and pleaded guilty just so that I can get out. They gave me 19 days. They gave me three years probation, felony probation. And uh, it took my rights away. It, it, just, it just tore my whole house up. You know, and my children are still paying for it. 
I've, I've uh, completed my probation. I've completed all my parenting classes, uh, counseling sessions. I even went far and beyond that because I became, after I graduated the, uh, my drug uh, classes, I became a facilitator at the High Desert Center um, and was at, for the aftercare program. And, I mean, I watched mothers get their children back. I even helped mothers get their children back and watched them lose their children again. Here it is. I have not even get, gotten a chance to even utilize the tools that they have had given me going through all those classes and stuff, you know, to uh, be able to show society that, uh, you know, I'm even better. At the time, I was on drugs, so um, I think you probably did. Well, I don't think I know that um, being that I went through that program, it did uh, do something in my life because even though they said that they found the cocaine in my car, which was not my drug of choice, methamphetamines at the time was my drug of choice. So, you know, it got me clean and stuff like that. Well, I got myself clean with the help of uh, the tools that I utilized from them. Um, as far as the courts, you know, was concerned, just uh, ordering me to, to do. And uh, I think that you, now I am a better you, parent. Well, good. Did you do a drug program and do drug testing? Yes, sir. I did drug testing. Uh, I was always clean. Uh, it started off rocky at first, and uh, they had gotten two tests for me that were uh, positive. But after that, they never got a drug. I never got a, a negative. I mean, a positive drug test. I was always clean. You know, you know. Old. Have do you know if your children have been adopted by anyone? They have not been adopted by anyone. I've been trying since they said that they were not going to uh, reunify my children. Uh, and the reason why they said that they weren't going to reunify my children was at the time, um, well, okay, well, the day that they were going to give me my children back, I had uh, brought in, which is now my ex-husband, to bear witness as, as, uh, as well as my father, um, to come into the courts and, and watch me get my children back. And I'm like, you know, hey, this is what happens, you know, when you, you're clean and you do everything that these people ask you to do. So come in and look at this stuff and and so um, at the time, uh, they have, you know, they asked me in court, is there anyone here uh, supporting the person that's, you know, getting the children back? So they asked, you know, who are you and what, do you, what, are, you, what are your relationships with the person? And so they asked my husband, my ex-husband, um, who was he? And he said, that his, well, he said his name. And uh, they were like, okay, we're, you know, is this the ex-husband? They're looking through paperwork, and they're like, wait a minute, you never told us about him, so now we got, we can't give you your children back today because you never told us about him. Well, I didn't have any children with him, so I didn't feel like he was going on. I'm sorry? No, no, I didn't say anything. I was just listening. Oh, and so um, they didn't, I mean, they took his name and, everything and told me that, that they weren't going to give me my children back that day that they were supposed to give them, award them back to me because of the fact that I didn't state about him, which was, he's not my ex-husband. So they told me that if I divorced him, that uh, I would be able to give my children back. So I wouldn't divorce him the next day. Like, you know, I'd rather have my children back than just to have a paper, paper saying that I'm married to someone. And so, um, and that was how this all began. And it's been going downhill ever since then. I've had workers, I'm talking about 
belittled my name and and oh God, it's just been all kind of stuff. It's, it's just it hurts. My daughter, mm-hmm. she's been in the care yes, and she's got shot. She's been shot in her foot. Uh, they took her from the hospital to one of those crisis centers and told her um, when she wanted to go get something to eat, they told her that she can leave but don't come back, that, they, that she couldn't come back there. Well, that was just a, my daughter's alley, you know, and she uh, ended up leaving, you know, the place or whatnot. And uh, she's been on the run ever since. But I'm saying, how are you, how are, are my children in the care of CPS? And then they go through so much. Not, they wouldn't have did any of that if they were at home with me. They've got my 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 son on on medication. I was having unsupervised visits at first, and being that uh, I stated something about them giving my son some medication that was going to have him impotent, uh, he would have the tics. Uh, one medication would make him be it was like an upper, and then the other one was like a downer. Which I'm saying, if he's already already like that, why would you give him medication that's going to make him even more like that? And so I uh, questioned the uh, the authority of the doctor. I told my son, do not take that medication until I speak with the doctor. And I went to two doctors that have been doctors for years that had any didn't know anything about the questions I was going to ask them. And they both stated that they would not give my child that type of medication. And so the doctor that they have, as far as the CPS is concerned, was a doctor is a doctor that's only been a doctor for three years. So I mean, you, that doctor doesn't even know anything about how the medications are really going to act on children because she's just barely learning herself. And being that I questioned that, and I didn't want my son to take that medication, they they took my uh, supervised my unsupervised visits away and made him supervised. And I'm like, you know, it's like whatever I do as a parent to 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 show that I'm concerned about my children, it's like I get uh, more or less chastised for it. Do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Uh, Yes, sir, I do. I'm going to give you a telephone number. I want you to call me today after 9, make an appointment to come see me or talk to me, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some advice on how to get your children back. Okay. The only reason I can't do it now is because, you know, we're on this radio show. I have a lot of people waiting in the queue. But I'm going to talk with you and uh, give you a strategy about how to get your children back. But before I do that, I want you to go to the courthouse, and I want you to get a copy of the last three minute orders. If you just go to the clerk's window there in San Bernardino, you can uh, just walk up, show your ID, and ask for a copy of the last three-minute orders. Okay. You know, I'm so desperate to get my children back. I would do anything. I even have went to the point of becoming a, a, a more American, which is a sovereign citizen, just so that you know, they would uh, have to relinquish uh, jurisdiction over my, over me and my children. And, and I look okay, at so it like this. Really, hold, on, hold on a second. That's a really bad strategy, and in my opinion, it's not going to work. I have seen over the years of, you know, 31 years of being an attorney this December, I have seen people try to use that um, strategy. It doesn't work. 
So I'm going to give you, um, after I review, you know, your case, your minute orders, a strategy that will have a better chance, okay? And are you, do you have access to uh, the Internet? Yes, sir. Okay, I want you to write this down. I want you to go to YouTube.com. Okay. YouTube.com. And and on the Internet page, on the first page, there is a search bar. And I want you to type this into the search bar. You ready? Okay. Yes, sir. Vincent Davis, what is justice? Vincent Davis, what is justice? And, you, and a seven-minute video, seven-plus-minute video is going to pop up. I want you to watch that video, okay? Yes, sir. All right. You, you know, I Mr. Davis, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just want to ask you a question. When we yeah. are okay, when when we're when we're negligent uh, and and do not comply with uh, the uh, orders that the courts have ordered us to do, uh, we get you know we get chastised for it, you know, and and we have a lot to lose for as far as our children are concerned, but when CPS is negligent, and they they don't comply with what they are supposed to do. Who chastises them? Because I don't see where they get in trouble at all. At and you know, and it's and it's it hurts because this is nothing but human trafficking, at its at its with authority, and it's in a all time boom. It seems like you ask a very good question, and I cannot give you a very good answer. Suffice it to say, in my opinion. CPS rarely gets chastised with consequences. And in most of the cases, um, you know, it's just ignored. But there is something that you can do if you feel that CPS has violated your rights by not following court orders or not following the law. You can sue them for civil rights violations, preferably, in my opinion, in federal courts. So there is something that you can do. It's just that takes a lot of work, a lot of time, you know, a lot of money. But, you know, in my opinion, I'd have to say that in a lot of cases, not all cases, you know, I'm not here to tell you that every CPS worker is bad because I'm not saying that. But, you know, I get a lot of calls from people that feel and believe that their rights have been violated. And in a lot of cases, I agree with them. So, um Understand something, and and I tell people this, you know, frequently. Do not expect the system to be fair in your sense of fairness, because your sense of fairness is different from what the law's sense of fairness is. And And to be even more clear, that's what that video I just referred you to talks about. Okay. Because people have different people have different views of what justice is. And let's say you're 40 years old. You've grown up with a 40-year sense of justice. And it's not the same sense of justice that your next-door neighbor has or the guy down the street or the police officer in the area. Everybody has a different sense of justice. And that video explains that to you and explains what you have to expect from the court system. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Okay. I know what. So, uh, remember the telephone number I want you to call after 9 is 888-888-6582. I want to thank you for listening, and good luck to you, ma'am. Thank you, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take another call. If you want to call in and uh, tell me a story or ask me a question, the number is 646-668-8791. We're now going to take a call from area code 831, ending in 25. Good morning. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Uh, I have a story to tell, Mr. Davis. Go for it. Okay. Um, Me and my husband have been um, trying to get our children back now for over 15 months. Um, Our children, our baby was detained in the hospital in Merced County. Um, We were five days from moving to Santa Cruz. Um, After our baby was detained, um, they came to the house and took our other four children from my husband and placed them in foster care. Um, We, you know, after five days, we moved to Santa Cruz like we had planned for our um, new jobs and new home. Um, It took them four months to transfer our case and during that time we traveled from Santa Cruz to Merced for visits Um, we have never missed a single visit with our children Um, our children have definitely had their rights violated um, in the system um, many times Um, we after the case transferred to Santa Cruz during that whole time that four months we were never given any services out of Merced County um, so, I'm sorry, seven months. Um, when we moved to Santa Cruz and the case transferred, we started doing our drug testing, um, our counseling, parenting classes, um, everything, anything that they threw at us, we did. My husband even did anger management, even though we thought that wasn't, you know, absolutely necessary. Um, we have continued, we've ne- like I said, we've never missed a visit with our children um, we were promised reunification, which they have continued. Um, but we had we had our 12-month review in Santa Cruz this this month, and um, the recommendation was to uh, end services for our youngest two children. We have a uh, 14-month-old and a two-year-old, um, and they scheduled a settlement conference for us. And at the settlement conference, they changed their recommendation, so we we settled. Um, just just based on that, and they transferred the case. We had moved to Tuolumne County now, um, where my husband was offered a higher paying job, and we were able to secure a three bedroom home for our children. Um, we were told that we would start, you know, overnights um, and continue reunification. Um, the case transferred two weeks ago, and last week I had three. Three social workers show up. Um, they said they wanted to go over the case plan, and my husband was at work, and I had my landlord over. So I, I kindly gave them my number and asked them to call me and set up an appointment to do that when my husband can be present. And that really didn't make them very happy. Um, I was also at that time uh, 39 weeks pregnant that day, and I received a call that afternoon And they said that when I delivered my baby, that they would be coming and taking my baby. And when I asked them why, 
they said, because I don't have unsupervised visits with my other children and because the recommendation was to terminate services for my youngest two, which isn't even true anymore. They are continuing reunification services, which we feel blessed that they are doing that. Um, so what I did is I, I delivered out of county. I went back to Santa Cruz where we go for visits. Um, we travel twice a week to Santa Cruz um, to have two-hour visits with our children. So I delivered there, and I was able to successfully bring my baby home, and they have not been able to come and take her. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there who ask what they can do when um, when they're in that situation. Um, and as of Thursday, they had told me, yeah, there was no way they were letting me keep her. But since I jumped jurisdiction, um, the hospital, they did call the hospital and talk to them, and the hospital social worker advocated for us. And um, as long as I keep taking her to doctor appointments and do what I'm supposed to do, um, then we can hopefully keep her at home. Um, my main concern is that they still haven't started any services for us over here. The only thing that I have been able to get into myself was um, like a sobriety program. So I go to group three times a week. Other than that, um, they haven't been testing us. They haven't had us go to any parenting classes or anything. So that, that definitely worries me. Um, but we are trying to do everything we can to just keep our, keep our youngest at home and hopefully continue with reunification services of the others. Um, I am having trouble with them moving my other children here. My children are in four different placements. Um, I have one child who is still in Santa Cruz County. I have three children in San Benito County, and I have one in San Joaquin County. Um, the San Joaquin placement is the closest placement they could find to where we live, and that is still two hours away. Um, since we moved, since our case was transferred, we have not had visitation. Um, I haven't seen my nine-year-old daughter in over two weeks. Um, haven't talked to her since she moved, and my other children we were not allowed to see this week. Um, so it's been it's been hard, but at least we have the baby home. May I ask why they took the children initially? Um, a positive test. At the time of birth. Yes, um, but since that day we have been clean. Um, we test, or we were in Santa Cruz at least, testing. Um, okay, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? I'm going to give you some I information. Do. Number one, um, are you represented, first of all, let me ask you this, are you represented by a court-appointed attorney? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is your husband represented by a court-appointed attorney? Yes. Okay. So this is what I think you should do. You should probably consider it as well. You should make a list of 25 names of relatives and friends who could take any or all of the children who mm -hmm. live anywhere in the world. So let me repeat that. A list of 25 names. They can be family by blood or marriage or friends of the family. Mm -hmm. So name, address, telephone number, email if they have it, and how they're related to the child. 
Yeah, when the kids were first initially taken, we did come up with a list of people, and Merced didn't do anything to place them, but Santa Cruz did. So my oldest son is with my my 90-year-old grandfather and my 87-year-old grandmother. Um, unfortunately, going through the system has kind of tarnished our relationship with them, um, so it hasn't hasn't exactly been good and one of my sons is with a friend who but they are now moving him because they want to move him closer and it has also um not been good for for us or our relationship um we don't have a whole lot of people these were the two out of everyone that we listed that were that were able to take in the children so unfortunately it just hasn't been been a great option for us um and when I, I went and saw my attorney, because we were just appointed these attorneys, our attorneys in Santa Cruz, we actually never met with them before court. Um, they were really horrible about calling us back. Um, so we were excited to have new representation. Um, I called her Thursday and made an appointment and went and saw her on Friday about what they had told me about taking the baby. And she told me to set, she told me that there was nothing she could do and just to set up um, non-relative placement for the baby to work with CPS, basically do whatever they want. And just before she was born, set up this placement. Um, so I obviously didn't, didn't do that because <laughs> I didn't think that was um, right. So I did what, what I thought I should do. And luckily it worked for me. Um, but I just, I don't have a whole lot of people who are willing to help with the situation. Um Uh, when I so first initially, hold on, hold on a second, hold on. You know, I, I'm having this conversation more and more with clients, and maybe it's because I'm becoming more and more aware of communication between people. Mm-hmm. So my advice to you, and maybe you, I want you to listen to this carefully. Okay. I want you to make a list of 25 people who could, 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 not would, could take care of the people, take care of some or all of your children. They can live in your your county, in the state of California, in the United States, or in a foreign country. Now, interestingly enough, for most people to do this, it would take a couple of hours to do that. It takes work and time. Mm-hmm. And so you haven't done that, and I'm telling you to do that, and you're telling me why that's not going to work. There's a, there's a few strategies in making that list that okay. you don't have any idea about. Okay. Let me give you I, a I did watch your, let me, let your me, YouTube let me tell video you about that. Let me tell you let me tell you a story. Okay. I once represented a lady in CPS court. Okay, it was actually in San Bernardino County. They had taken away her kids because of drugs. She gave me a list of people who could take the children, except for most of the people lived outside the county of San Bernardino. She had even her parents fly from Venezuela to San Bernardino County to show up and take the kids. Mm -hmm. Now, I go to court. Go to court. 
and we're arguing about placement with relatives or friends outside the county of San Bernardino. I left the courthouse with my client getting back all her children. Okay. And it is my it is my opinion that the kids were released back to my client is because she lives inside the county of San Bernardino. You see, all the federal money follows the children. So San Bernardino, this is a money-making opportunity for the counties. They don't want count kids leaving the county. Yeah, absolutely. Because when the, when the kids leave the county, the money leaves too. All right. And, you know, the other thing is the social worker kind of loses control of the case because it's supervised by a social worker in the other county, state, or country. So, okay. when I so I get what you're you saying. <laughs> when I tell you a strategy, it's not what you think. This strategy that I'm telling you has very multi-levels to it. I once did this in San, no, in Riverside County. You know what the judge told me? That you were gave, uh, harassing gave, CPS? <laughs> yes. That's yeah. what me on the record, harassing CPS. And I said, respectfully, Your Honor, I'm just asking them to do their job according to Welfare and Institutions Code Section 309. No, you should read that code section. Google it and read it. Welfare and Institutions Code Section 309. You'll be shocked at what it says because generally CPS doesn't do that. Now, sometimes they do comply with the law. Don't get me wrong. But in a lot of cases, people come to me with, you know, a hard and difficult cases. That hasn't been done. And you're telling me Merced County never did it. Nope. They didn't. So, <laughs> so do the strategy. Don't try okay. to figure out why I'm telling you stuff to do because it's multi-level. It's multi-dimensional. Okay, Make the you. list. <laughs> Make the list. Remember I said family or or friends. Now, I know you as a human being know 25 people Yes. that could take care of the kids. I'm not telling you to call them and ask them. That's the social worker's job. You know what happens when I give 25 names to most social workers? No. They all of a sudden... They all of a sudden want to give the kids to that relative who they denied at first. Because that means, do you know how hard it is to investigate one person to see if they can take care of the kids? Now multiply that by 25. Multiply it by 50. Multiply it by 50 Mm -hmm. if the father does it. Multiply it by 75 if there's another father on the case. Do you get the picture? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Most social workers don't want to do this because it's a lot of work. In that case in San Bernardino, it was just easy enough for them to give the kids back to the mother instead of investigate people and especially, you know, uh, do international ICPC. That's a that's a huge that's a lot of paperwork. Gotcha. Okay, I will okay. I will come up with a list. 
Um, I am meeting with our social worker. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. So my general advice is never meet with a social worker, never meet with a police officer. Yeah, we, See, they, you, they want to go over the case believe. plan. What do you need to go over the case for? You know what it is. I do. Um, my lawyer was a little upset last week when I didn't let them in, the three <laughs> social workers that showed up in my house to go over the case plan when my husband wasn't here. Um, I absolutely know to stay away from them. Um, it just, then she called me and harassed me about my pregnancy. Um, so they definitely have the fear <laughs> part right. down. Well, they, that, they wanted to take that child because that's just more money for them. There's no absolutely, reason to take yeah. the child. They actually have to prove another case as it stands right now to take the child away from you. They probably don't even have the evidence to take the child from you. And you were just hoping that you'd turn the child over, which you yes. smartly did not. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying don't ever talk to social workers. I'm saying don't ever talk to social workers or police unless your attorney's there or on the phone with you. Get it? Okay. To be present. Now, there are many different strategies that attorneys have in dealing with CPS cases. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not oh. one of those attorneys that like to just necessarily cooperate. Now, don't get me wrong, I cooperate sometimes, sometimes when it's beneficial to my client. But sometimes mm-hmm. when it's a setup, and I know it's a setup, I, don't, I advise my clients don't do it, don't talk to social workers unless I'm present. I have a lot of meetings with social workers and their attorneys with my client so that we all can be there. We all can understand what's going on and we can all, um, you know, work something out. I have a case right now where for a long time I advised my client not to talk to the social worker unless I was present. We eventually had a meeting with the social worker, her attorney, me and my client. The meeting went so well and I got such a good vibe from the social worker that subsequently I changed my, my strategy and I told my client, hey, you know what, um, I really trust this social worker. Uh, I get a good vibe from her about this case. And go ahead and talk to her and meet with her with, even if I'm not present. That's a, rare, that's a rare advice I give to people. But I did, did it in that case. So you, you, what I'm telling you is you should talk to your attorney. You should always follow your attorney's advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should talk to your attorney about being there when you have that meeting. Okay. By the way, yeah. you should talk to your attorney about filing a 388, you and your husband, uh, a 388 petition. So you can Google okay. that, Google that, um, and just Google California Welfare and Institutions Code Section 388. It'll pop up. You read it. Okay. Then talk to your then talk to your attorney about filing it because something has happened that, in my opinion, almost and I'm going to stress almost guarantees you getting your children back. Do you know what that is? No. You had a new baby that wasn't detained. That means yes. you're currently not a threat or a danger or a detriment 
to that child. Now, if you're not a detriment to that child, how can you be a danger, a detriment, or a threat to other Absolutely. children? Yeah, I'm the most vulnerable one at home. Right. So what I would do is talk to my attorney about filing a 388 petition, both you and your husband, and um, filing that with the court. And I, if you don't get a hearing, you should immediately appeal it. But I have a feeling that most judges, given this situation and this evidence, would be hard-pressed not to give you a hearing, and you can then prove that would be best for your children to be returned to you. Okay. Okay. Um, I have We have court January 8th. Um, it's the hearing after our transfer in. Would that be an appropriate time to bring that up, like file it before and just attach it to that hearing? If, or? I, were, if I were you and your attorney, I'd file it Monday. Okay. You know, but you need to talk to your attorney about this, right? Thank you very much. Very good. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Keep listening. And have a good weekend. Thank you for everything you do. Have a great weekend. Well, that was an interesting call from a case that started in Merced, went to Santa Clara County, and now apparently is in Tuolumne County here in California. And she has children placed all over that area, including San Joaquin County. The next uh, telephone call I'm going to take is from area code 916, ending in 47. Looks like Sacramento County. Good morning. Hi there. Hi, you're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? I have a story, and I have a lot of questions, but I'll just wait for your advice. Um, Thank you so much for having me. By the way, what um, to county start, is this is Sacramento County. Okay, go ahead. To start, I've always worked hard for my kids. Um, they have no behavioral problems. My daughter has straight A's. My son, I set up a tutor for. They are my life. I don't go out and party. I don't involve many people in their lives for their safety. I've always loved my kids. I've always um, gravitated towards kids, and they've gravitated towards me. Um, I don't date much. I put them first. Um, I've always taken them to school every single day. I participated in art docent at their schools. Um, My case is complicated, so I will try to keep it simple but include important aspects I believe um, the CPS portion of it started when a man who I thought was my boyfriend uh, came to my house. I met him online. My son got sick when he stayed over, and so we went to the ER. Um, When we got back, this man was rubbing his gun like a pet. I got weirded out and had the gun moved out of his reach to protect my kids. When uh, he called the cops to get the gun back, he called it a CAD call. Not sure what that is, but I gave it to them and explained that I was just worried and I wanted to protect my kids, so I put it out of his reach. The police, I guess, filed an 1190 on that case. After that, this man started accusing me of being a drug abuser. 
Um, I was being harassed at my house following that incident. Uh, so I asked my father to keep my kids overnight to protect them. I called the police for help several times. Um, when they came, they said they didn't, they didn't seem to really acknowledge what was going on. Uh, they wanted to state that maybe I was just making it up um, and I had some sort of mental problems. I asked um, for my kids back from my dad several times, and my father would not return them to me. When CPS was called, they um, did investigations without letting me know that it was going on. There was no parent consent to ever interview my kids. They never told my kids their rights. Uh, They didn't inform me of the case uh, for quite some time. I was being abused at my house, uh, drugged, assaulted, and exploited, I believe, because of this man. It was a nightmare. Uh, My father would tell me to just get over it. Um, My house was raided. My things were stolen. The last time I called the police, they took me to the hospital and said I was incapable of taking care of myself because I wore no shoes. I was wearing sweats and a sweatshirt. It was, like, cold that day. Uh, When I went into the hospital, they drugged me. I went in sober. I didn't feel well, so I asked for my medical records. They said if I didn't stop asking for my medical records, they would sedate me. I said, as a patient, it's my right to have my medical records, so they sedated me. Um, I believe that I was assaulted while I was under sedation, and they diagnosed me with a serious mental disorder while under sedation. I never saw a doctor the whole time I was in the hospital. They took me to um, with that hospital, and they have admitted that while under sedation is not the proper protocol to diagnose someone, they said that I wasn't mental, and they did uh, a psych evaluation on me and said that it was just that I was stressed out from this CPS case. Um, I have documentation of that. And I've tried to, like, submit it to the court. But um, in in court, they used that little hospital incident against me. They did not have my consent to use my hospital records. They never um, included any of my responses to their reports in court. Uh, so the court made its decision based solely on what CPS said. My attorney won't do anything I ask of her. Uh, Even when I research it and listen to your show, I ask her to do what you um, advise other people of, and she refuses to. She ignores me. She blocks my emails. Um, She won't follow through with the things that I ask of her. Uh, CPS reports are full of lies and includes specific evidence that could have only been heard if I was being surveillance. They won't provide me with any evidence of me neglecting my kids or any evidence of me abusing my kids. And my kids wanted to come home to me. Since then, CPS has lied to my kids, saying 
their mom isn't doing what she's supposed to be doing, even though they are making it possible to get the last two things on the voluntary list done. I've done everything else. Um, They have fed my kids with lies. They have taken my privilege to see my kids on visits because I didn't follow their rules, but they never told me the rules until later. I've asked to make a motion to augment the case to include my side of the story, evidence to support what I'm saying because they want to call me mental for standing up for my rights. I've asked to fire my lawyer. I've asked to represent myself. I have filed police reports about the crime that was committed on me, but the cops refused to file it. Um, I've contacted the DEA, the DA, the Senate, the state bar, the president. I've filed several civil, civil complaints because my rights continue to be violated. Uh, I've even written the president a letter, and still no one will help me get justice for what this man did to me. Um, They have withheld money from me, lied about my mental state, and often uh, they came to my work to get me fired. Many people have gone out of their way to set me up to to commit a crime because I have no criminal record at all. I'm followed by the cops now. I get pulled over for things I never did, and I'm afraid for my life. There are many more details, and obviously this case has gotten out of hand, and I feel like I'm losing this case because um, this guy had a crush on me that now I find out is married, filthy rich, a pilot, and has a prescription drug license. I'm not exactly sure who he is, but he has ruined my life. Uh, I believe that his sister works for CPS and that she was assigned to be the supervisor for my visit and made false reports about our visits, which went very well. Uh, I just want to get my kids back. Um, the last time I was in court, I uh, asked them for a letter for my apartment because I qualified to rent a three-bedroom. They refused to give me a letter, and then the apartment refused to rent it to me because my kids weren't going to move in right away. So I lost my chance to rent it, and now I'm homeless and trying not to get harassed by cops. So, yeah, this has changed everything about my life. If anyone has a safe room I can rent, I'd be really grateful. I've tried to reach out for help in every way in this county, um, and they refuse to help me. Uh, The theme of being called mental In this situation, when I point out the laws or facts that are being dismissed, um, it's getting old. I really wish that CPS would be held accountable for violating my rights, my children's rights, my family's rights. But I realize they do this all the time and destroy families who are just trying to get by. I'm at a huge disadvantage. I feel like standing up for my rights and fighting to protect my kids has put my life in danger. And I don't think they're going to honor the laws. And for this reason, I'm contacting you. My children are my life. They mean the world to me. And I don't know what to do anymore. Tell me, when was your last court date? 
It was like a week ago. Um, and when is your next ago. court date? When it's is your next court date? In, at the beginning of January. Do you know what type of hearing it's going to be? Um, they told me it was a six-month disposition or a six-month something, but I'm not exactly sure they're telling me the truth because they they keep lying, and it's because I do research and find out how I can find it, and <laughs> so they deter me and lie to me, so I'm not even sure, really. It's something about six months, but they've had my kids for longer than that, so I don't understand. Can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you contact your attorney, or better yet, go to the clerk's office in Sacramento County at the courthouse there and get a copy of your last three-minute orders? Three-minute orders? Yeah, last three-minute orders. I believe you can do that on Monday. I think the courts are open on Monday. If not, he would do it on Wednesday because Tuesday is the holiday. But go to the court, get the copy of the last three-minute orders, and what I want you to do is I want you to email them to me. I'm going to review them, and then you and I are going to have a conversation about what I think you can do to uh, get your children back, okay? Okay. Also, also, um, get a copy of the last, report submitted by the social worker. That's going to okay, be important. Okay, I have a copy of that. Okay. Well, you can email it to me. Let me give you my email address. Okay. It's v.davis at vincentwdavis.com. v.davis, vincentwdavis.com. Okay. All right, so email me that. Um, and then once you get the minute orders, email me that. And okay. I will review them. Then I want you to call, after you've emailed me everything, I want you to call my office. It's area code 888-888-6582. And make an okay. appointment to speak to me, speak to me on the radio. Excuse me, make an appointment to speak to me on the telephone. Oh, okay, no problem. And then I'll give you some advice, okay? Calling in and keep listening on the radio, okay? Okay, I will. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to take one more call here today. It's area code 323 ending in 39. Good morning, you're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Yes, I have a story to tell. Um, I got involved with social services back in 2014, and my kids were detained um, over allegations that I neglected my kids, which doesn't make any sense because... I had just got off the streets with my kids, and I didn't even get a chance to have my own apartment with them. And my friend Carla, 
she had pointed me to her mental health and case management who got me housing through mental health. And um, and I had just moved in, and they had came and saw me on occasion once a week, and they had, I was cleaning, and they had came, the mental health worker and the uh, case management person, they come together, and um, they had, my son had went poop in his diaper, and I said that I'm going to wait a minute because sometimes that he's not finished and I would have to use two diapers. And so they called that neglect and they called the the hotline on me and that's when things didn't come out to make any sense because I thought an investigator was supposed to come not an actual worker worker from the DCFS office. I thought an investigator worker was supposed to come and it didn't. I opened my case right away and it was odd because it was only like two weeks in the investigation and already the case was open and then a month later my kids got detained. It didn't make any sense over that little allegation about me not changing his diaper fast enough. And and this was back in 2014 and ever since I did a parenting class that what the court asked me to do, I had my son in July 11th, I was currently pregnant when I got to the department and um, they took him away when he was just five years old because um, I was C-section and five days to healing time in the hospital, he gave a lease in the hospital and they took him in the hospital you know and I said my, I kissed him and I said my goodbyes and we went our separate ways and he went to live with my sister at the time and she was neglecting him severely you know, and um, like I said, I did everything the court had asked me to do to fight for them, and still the court still continued it. At the time, I didn't know any of my rights. I didn't know I could appeal. I didn't know that I could transfer my case to a different judge. I didn't know any of my rights because it was just my first time having a case, and I'm a former foster child myself. I went through the system. I grew up in it, you know. I was taken away from my mom at five years old, and I didn't get released till I was 18. That's part of the reason why I was homeless, because I aged out, and I didn't have nowhere else to go. So I feel like the system is using my past against me, which I had no control over because it was my mom's past, not mine. I was a child. And um, they just kept continuing it, continuing the cases at the each court day. And finally, last year, um, finally last year, um, the court agreed to return my kids one by one. Before that had to happen, my kids were getting neglected in the foster system. They failed my kids. My daughter would come to the visits with a bruise on her leg. Her All her fingernails, bloody, you know, hangnails when you pull them off, you bite them off. They were all bloody and she was two at the time. Why would a two-year-old, all the hangnails come off and be bleeding? So I took pictures of it. I took pictures of every mark she had. I still have them on my phone. And there was an episode she had on a visit where she just thought, it looked like she remembered something that happened to her that was tragic. And she just sat there and screamed in horror. And I got scared. And I jumped right away to pick her up and comfort her. And at the time, the visits were monitored. And the, the monitored visit 
was watching, but he didn't do anything about it. And I reported everything to the worker. He didn't do nothing about it, about all the things that was going on and everything I was reporting to him, nothing. They still let my kids stay in that foster home. And I did everything I could to went to above and beyond the department, the worker, the supervisor, everybody. Nobody would give me what I wanted by placing my kids in a different placement. They kept making excuses that, oh, we have no placement right now. Oh, there's nobody else to take them. We're sorry. It takes time, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't believe it because there has to be, I don't know how many foster care systems in L.A. County to be able to take kids. But anyways, so yeah, um, last year comes and the, the judge agreed, but she only agreed to it because she felt bad that my son Sergio, you know, they took away my new vacation rights with him and they took away my parental rights. At the previous court day back in 2016, and so 2017 comes around for my two other kids, and I felt like she only gave me back my kids because she felt bad what she did with my son Sergio. She adopted him out between my kids when I didn't even get a chance to be his mother. I didn't get a chance to have him in my home. You know, every visit was monitored. You know, I didn't get a chance to have any of them. They didn't give me a chance to get back with him. They just kept using the fact that he was taken away so young that I wasn't bonded with him. He wasn't bonded with me, which clearly he was. He called us, Mommy. He knew who we were. And I got my daughter back first, and then I got my son back a month later, and then they were barely transitioning back to be home. I tried to get them on a routine. I put them what the judge ordered me to do, a mental health. They were they were enrolled in school. You know, I did everything a parent should do. I was around friends and family a lot because I wanted to have as much witnesses as I can, you know, and plus, there was more of an excitement, too, that to be notified of my kids. And sad news that my son Sergio got adopted. You know, it was both sad and happy at the same time. It was kind of overwhelming feelings all in one. And then my kids were... Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You said you got your kids back, but your son was adopted? I, didn't, I don't understand that. Yeah, I had... She, he had, I got lost my communication rights and then my parental rights of him in 2016. In 2017, the judge agreed to give back my two kids. But in my opinion, I think they, she only did it because she want, she felt bad about Sergio. It was a female judge, and it turns out that judge was on the internet. She got fired because the time that she did this in 2016, there was another case going on with child trafficking, and she was part of that case, and she felt two children who died in her supervision, and she got dropped from being the judge. Who was and that? And I, I forget her name, but she's an elderly judge. She was an elderly woman judge. And I felt like she did that with my son. Sergio, because it was around the same time she was doing that to other cases and child trafficking, and they they got they got taken away those kids and they died in her supervision. But my kids were jumping around hitting each other, and I had a son, three. His name was Vincent, and um, he didn't ever got taken away. You know, I had him in 2015, and there was no concerns 
no nothing, and I kept him and and they were very changed at home with him, and he didn't like it because he was the only child you know for the two years, and he got used to just seeing them on visits, you know, introducing them. So it was kind of hard getting all my three kids transitioning back into my house, and then my kids would fight a lot, hit each other, push each other against the wall. I tried my best to, you know, control them, and I did a good job for the most part, you know. And but this kid is fast, you know. You you just got to be quicker than lightning when it comes to toddlers. But yeah, and my kids ended up making marks on each other, and they went to school. The school reported me because my son had a big bruise on him, and um, that was because he was jumping on my couch and he fell off, and I had told him don't jump on the couches. And um, they called, and that's when the investigation started up, and I felt like they did fraud because they went to the school and talked to them without me present, and the school didn't even notify me that the DCFS office, the DCFS worker was there talking to my kids. But that didn't. I honestly, my opinion that I didn't have anything to hide. I didn't care that they were toxic apart. But the only thing I did care about is that I wasn't present, you know. I wanted to be present, and I got disappointed that I wasn't present. And I told the school my feelings about this. And they said, well, when it involves CPS, we have to let them talk to the kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's against my rights, my kids' rights, to be talked to them without me being present. And um, I think they put lies on my kids because, um, not that I think, I know they put lies on my kids because of the fact that my son is autistic and he doesn't really talk that good. So for them to get a statement and says in the report what he said and in the beginning of the report it says that they couldn't get anything out of him, they couldn't focus him right, they couldn't really get a good statement, it was hard to talk to him. So how do they get that final statement at the last visit with him at the school that he said that I supposedly choked him. That's the allegation that he said that I choked him. Right. How is the autistic child going to say that mommy did this to me? (laughs) And during the time the investigation started, the police came to my house and they both stated that, no, mommy didn't hit me. Mommy, Allie did this to me. No, Vincent did this to me because of their brother and sister. And then Allie would say that, yeah, Vincent bit Ricky because he got mad. He took his toy away, and that's normal. And my son was biting at the time. He was only two at the time. And so they were putting marks on each other, and they put it on me, and that's how they got the detention to take away my kids last year on the 21st of November, right before Thanksgiving. It's funny how they do it on the holidays. Right. And I never, I never had a Christmas here in this apartment complex. I never had any holidays with my kids. And now comes, I had another baby a month ago, November 30th, and they're trying to detain him. And the worker had told me that if you don't hear from me between now and the 14th, you have nothing to worry about. And so the paperwork states that it expires on the 14th, and I don't know how, where they got a new referral to get a detention order on the 19th. So it doesn't make any sense to me how that was possible. And I wasn't home. I was out with family. It was 
I was at home, and my neighbor calls me and tells me that there was a police at your door banging and banging on your door, and I'm like, what for? What? I was puzzled because I didn't, you know, I let her see the baby. I didn't think that. I thought it was the fortune that she told me, you know, and to, to get a police officer banging on my door is just ridiculous. And then the manager let them in my unit. I hear my neighbor told me that. They were, everybody was watching, of course. If you hear the banging, you want to go outside and see what's up. So, you know, they always said that the manager had let them in and yada, yada, and they went to my house, and I wasn't there, of course. She called it as a family. And um, they left the detention order on my on my thing and said, you have to turn in the baby ASAP. It doesn't make any sense when. And, yes, of course, I did call the work and left a message so I can show that I'm being cooperative, you know, and, you know, and uh, I left a message, no call back. No answer. I even called the work cell. Nothing. And I still haven't got a call back from her. So I'm kind hmm. of puzzled with my baby right now. doesn't make any sense. Are you, uh, do you have a court-appointed attorney that's helping you? Yes. And I even emailed her yesterday regarding this issue, and she said, there's not much she can tell me, and she said that um, she agrees that there would have to be a new referral for them to do a detention for the 19th. But there's not much she well, can you know, do since he's not in the caseload yet and he's not part of the system yet. I would agree with her. Um, if you... Uh, you know, I would really like for you to keep me posted of what has ha- what's going to happen. Um, let me give you the telephone number at my office where you can call me and keep me updated. Okay. Okay. Do you have, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Yes. It's area code eight 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 six five eight 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 six five eight two. Six five eight two triple eight triple eight six five eight two. Keep me posted. Okay. I really would like to know more about what happened. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Already for hearing my story. Thank you. Thank you, and keep listening. I will. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take our last call today. It's area code seven six zero, ending in nine eight. Good morning. This is Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? I just want to say, um, I'm sorry, that, uh, you know, we all have to go through something in life as far as uh, for history to make it a statement. And I do believe that I am going to be um, involved in a a movement, I don't know what kind, but my children are going to be um involved in it also. You know, there's back in back in the, the olden days where they when they had a slave, the children would be taken out of their mother's arms, snatched and and auctioned out, you know, and sent to different put on boats and sent to different places to be slaves. And um <clears throat> I honestly feel 
like there's going to be some kind of history and my children are going to be involved in it. Because there's no way that CPS is able to do the things that they do and get away with it, and it's okay. Ma'am, I'm getting I mean, a lot of... Parent... Ma'am, ma'am, hold on a second. I think you are listening to the show on another device and talking to me on the telephone, and I'm getting a lot of background. background. Can you hear me? Okay. That's perfect. I'm sorry. All right. Can you hear me? So go ahead. What were you saying? I was saying that, uh, you know, there's everyone has to go through some kind of history in order to get to, to, to have something done uh, right. You know, like we have Martin Luther King, and, you know, he had, he had did his walks in order, you know, to for us to become free. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like my children are going to be a part of some kind of history, and it's going to involve CPS and the things that they're doing to these children now. It's, 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 it's so sad to see that, you know, when there's there's parents out there that don't even want their children back. They just want to have, you know, visits with them every now and then. And CPS is so quick to give them their children back. The parents that want their children back, they have to go through all of these different hoops and, and stuff like that. And then it's like for the betrayal of CPS to be able to do with the things that they do, it just hurts. It hurts to see that, this, that you know, the caseworkers can say say things bad about you that are not true and to be taken into context, how how this became a, uh, like a new world order as far as children are concerned. Because, you know, if, if, if you have someone uh, uh, prostituting uh, uh, children off or whatever, they get in trouble for it. But what about these, these workers that get commissions for taking your children out of their home and putting them in a home with someone else that they don't even know, and you paid for it, and you have no rights. I mean, what what, what do we do? What, what do we do with, I mean, for the mothers that don't have that much money, you know, that really want their children back and, and, and have lawyers out here that are good and can help, but we, we have to, to uh, revert to these public defenders that are only working for the county and only working for, what do you do? No, I understand the dilemma. Let me say, first of all, that there are some good public defenders. Now, if you're not happy with your public defender, um, you know, there is a process where you can go by and ask the judge to appoint you another attorney, or you're free because it's America. You can hire your own attorney. Yeah. And maybe that's you know, something I've called, that should I have called uh, I have been calling my caseworkers and I'm talking about over and over again. They have these rap programs and and all of these uh different programs that they, you know, want to refer your children to. I've uh, I had to pop up on 
on my new caseworker. I've met my caseworker one time since uh, he's been my caseworker. He's always in Stockton, California. For some reason, I'm saying if you're always in Stockton, why don't you go out and be a caseworker in Stockton? You're never in San Bernardino County. Uh, I called my, you know, the the other uh, rep program people, uh, uh, clinicians and all the rest of this, and I never get a call back. Now, since I have been going through um, uh, getting in contact with these people and then not returning my call, now it's getting close uh, to court time. All of a sudden, they they have one you know have someone that wants to come out and have me sign all these different papers and stuff like that, and I know that if I when I go to court, it's going to be something more or less that okay, uh, they've been doing their job which they haven't, they have not placed my children back where they were, where, they haven't placed my children where they were supposed to be placed. The court had ordered uh, for my children to be um, placed with my sister in law months ago. And they have went out there and uh, assessed their house and everything, uh, and everything was okay. But now they they have not placed my children with with her yet. We've been calling and calling and and emailing and texting and leaving messages and stuff like that, and it's nothing, you know. And it's like I just don't understand that um, why they haven't placed my children back with why they have not placed my children with, first of all, their own, you know, uh, ethnic back, background. Mm-hmm. And why is it that uh, when I'm calling them, they don't have to return my calls, but let them call me and I'm not returning their calls, it's, it's, a, it's you know, they're reporting it. They haven't gotten in contact with the parent, no communication, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense that, you know, uh, this, they're just like malicious type people. These people are, are, I think they work off commission. The more children that they get into the system, the more money that they make. And and I, I don't know. I, I just look at it like uh, it, it's, just, it's a scary feeling that they have so much authority and these people have so uh, many rights that they can just say something uh, uh, bad that the parent has done, which and they have not done, and it's okay for the courts to say, well, look here, no, we're not going to place your children back with you. No, you're not doing this and that. Even when a parent does what they have to do, I just feel like the system is broken, and and um, my children are are just. I'm sorry, my children are. They're, they're stuck in the system. I don't. I don't. I, I used to have hope, you know, and they did too. I see the light going out of my children's eyes. You know, my my daughter. She she she's to sing so good, and she played baseball, basketball. My kids are are you know they're athletes to the fullest. I look around my house now, you know, and it's so it's just so. It's just so gloomy here. It's so gloomy. We're running out of time. Um, I want to welcome you to give me a call if you'd like to speak about this at my office, 888-888-6582. I also welcome you to call back next week on the radio show and uh, share more of your story with us.
I understand, uh, or I think I understand the pain that you're going through. Um, And I do want to talk to you more about that. So please call me and thank you for calling in. Thank you. I want to uh, let you listeners know that we're on every Saturday uh, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We did go over a little bit today because we started a little late this morning. Uh, so it's almost 9.30, so we're going to a little extended show, but I'm glad that we did. Please check me out on YouTube.com, Vincent W. Davis. Also, if you want a copy of my book, How to Fight CPS and Win, uh, just go to Amazon.com, How to Fight CPS and Win. Thank you for listening and keep listening, and we'll see you next week on the radio.